Welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. Each Thursday, our podcast brings you the latest on reproductive health care, progressive politics, and the fight to keep abortion safe and legal. NARAL's The Morning After is a production of NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ProChoiceOH. Enjoy the show! Go for it. Hi, I'm Randy. I'm Gabe. Hi, I'm Annie. <laughs> We're... We're a little bit loopy uh, um, on this uh, this Wednesday because uh, we've been excited partying too much uh, following <laughs> the big decision this Monday. Yay. Yeah, Woo. whole woman's health five three decision in the Supreme Court. That's amazing. Um, yeah, it was it was awesome. Yeah, five to three is really amazing. I'm really happy that they they did that. For me, it was kind of like talking to people about it. Um, I was just more somber in my um, celebration just because I realized that um, it's a great thing that happened, but also hearing people talk about it later, like a lot of the clinics are, you know, they're already closed, already shut down. So it's not like Right. This happened, and okay, they're going to be open next Monday. Like, right. that's not how this works. Right. It was yeah. the best outcome, but it's not a magic wand, right? Exactly. Yeah, so a lot of people still going to be a while before they can get, you know, the health care that they need. Yeah. Um, so we, we got we got the 5-3 decision that we want. It, there were there was so many possible outcomes from this. Uh, that Whole Women's Health, the clinic in Texas, worked with their legal team and put out like this most flow chart that looks like <laughs> spaghetti where every single possibility yes. of like, it could be a four to four tie, but it could be a tie in this direction. Like there were, there was mm-hmm. possibilities on what a tie would look like or what individual justices, what their decisions could look like. And this really was the best possible of all the outcomes that we were yes. looking for which I think speaks, uh, you know, very clearly to how unjust these abortion restrictions were, how bad the situation had gotten uh, Mm -hmm. in Texas, and how clearly unconstitutional. They couldn't give one piece of evidence. I'm talking about Texas. Could not give one piece of evidence where this law had made it better or easier um, for a woman to seek an abortion or just had made her, you know... Healthier. There right. was not. They couldn't give one right. example of that. <laughs> Whereas our side could give multiple examples of women who haven't been able to get health care. I'm like, I mean, that, isn't that just crazy? They couldn't. They couldn't give one example. Well, I'm sure they looked. I'm but, sure they know, did, and they still went ahead anyway and wasted all this time and money yeah. for something that. You know, and even after later, I saw um, Greg Abbott talking about it and saying something about, you know, he was like, uh, women's health and protecting innocent life. And it's like, okay, this isn't about women's health. This is about, you know, trying to limit access to abortion. Social and control. You couldn't, yeah. He couldn't even stay on script. Like, come on, dude. If you're going to keep doing this, I mean, at least pretend. But Right. Yeah. yeah, when I was watching Rachel Maddow on Monday night, they had uh, Amy Hagstrom Miller, who's the owner mm-hmm. of Whole Woman's Health, but then also another, um, uh, you know, an activist from Texas. And of yeah. course, I don't have her name in front of me. But she was pointing out that all of this really comes from the fact that they had a governor who was running for president and yes. wanted to appease yes. the, you know, the religious they, right oh, in his that's state. What they do. Yeah, and that's I'm like, geez, that's, that's why they had to do it so fast. 
last year right. and defund Planned Parenthood because Casey was running for office. And now, again, we're in court trying to keep them funded over his failed presidential bid because now right. he's back here right. and not doing a darn thing. Like, I mean, seriously. <laughs> I, but that's what happens. That's crazy because they think somehow that they're going to get more votes. But really... They're not in the majority. Like, the majority of people, you know, even if they, um, which I hear a lot, you know, I heard a lot out tabling, you know, this June, even if you wouldn't, you know, want it for yourself. I thought a woman who came up to our table to sign put it so great. She was like, I wouldn't do it for myself, but it's not my decision. Right. Like, I don't understand what's, you know, right. what's so hard about that to understand. Yeah. Uh, so Justice Breyer wrote the decision. He was joined by Kennedy, Kagan, Sotomayor, and the great notorious RBG, Ruth Bader <laughs> Ginsburg. Yes. Uh, we're going to give uh, Justice Ginsburg the uh, That's What She Said of the Week mm-hmm. um, for her statement. She said, given those realities, it is beyond rational belief that House Bill 2 in Texas uh, could genuinely protect the health of women and certain that the law would simply make it more difficult for them to obtain abortions. When a state severely limits access to safe and legal procedures, women in desperate circumstances may resort to unlicensed rogue practitioner at great risk to their health and safety. So, I mean, you know, all this time for the past, I don't know, a couple of years, mm-hmm. we've been listening to anti-abortion people say, God's now, God's now, as yeah. a way to justify them restricting abortion rights. And here, Ginsburg is saying... Well, Gosnell is why you need to remove abortion restrictions. Yeah. Increase access to safe and legal practitioners. Yeah. And it's like a lot of these practitioners, while, um, you know, Planned Parenthood, I think, is sort of a mixture, but most of theirs is just about reproductive health care, not even specifically about abortion. And other clinics, while their main thing may be abortion, they also usually provide, like, STD testing and, mm-hmm. like, cervical cancer screenings. And I just remember, you know, uh, watching um, a short video about w- activists down there in Rio Grande where the that one clinic closed. That was the only clinic, um, like, in that Texas area. Right. And uh, a woman who was an activist, like fighting back to get the clinics back open while all this is going on she died of cervical cancer um i mean to think about that that's crazy so it's not just about you know even though that's what we're fighting for that's a big part of it like a lot of these clinics it's not just they're providing abortion they're providing health care and they and they didn't have it i just thought that's so terrible and like i don't know darkly ironic you know that she's yeah I mean, so I'm really happy that, like I said, again, that they voted this in place. But again, we have to keep in mind that they need a lot of help there to try to reopen all the clinics that were closed down. Right. (laughs) I'm just sad for the Center for Choice in Toledo because it closed in 2013. And Mm -hmm. it was a really great, another great feminist abortion clinic. And, you know, capital care, we love capital care. It's a little different, though, you know, it wasn't quite the same. And. They had such a, a, a good solid campaign for a while in 2013. And yeah, so I just hope that the same doesn't happen to capital care and we can look forward to. Right. Because these kind of attacks mm-hmm. that they did in Texas are, it's not, you know, it's not apples to apples. It's kind of apples to oranges. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, they're both really rotten, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. rotten restrictions. Uh, and yeah, you're, you're, you know, on the front lines of fighting this in Texas, uh, in, in, in Toledo, yeah. mm-hmm. not Texas. 
It's like same thing. We're a big organization, <laughs> but very similar. I hope that it'll strike down like some of the waiting periods and um, similar uh, to things in Dayton. It's like they are dealing right now with um, the variants, which we've talked about here on a lot. But um, so we actually did get um, more doctors to agree to sign on, but then they couldn't sign on because they were over Primary One Health, and Primary One Health won't sign on to it. Technically, they work for them, so then they can't do it. Right. So um, right now, it's just kind of in limbo about what's going to happen, and hopefully this will help. Um, yeah. Hopefully this will help with a lot of things, not just the variants and transfer agreements, also the waiting periods, mandatory ultrasounds, mandatory scripts of your baby has the 85% chance of survival at this point, like right. all that stuff that's not, you know, necessary, all this especially, you know, yeah. in places like, I know some places just recently, um, like put for like 72 hour waiting periods, like, yeah. so hopefully they'll be deemed, um, if those states decide to, or groups in those states decide to sue, right. that they'll be deemed like that that's really not necessary at all. Right. Yeah. This decision, it doesn't knock down all of those restrictions mm-hmm. automatically, no. but it does really open up the door for new challenges. Um, you know, states, uh, thanks to, you know, the, uh, the language from Justice Ginsburg and the others, states now have to really justify, mm-hmm. you know, what the what the benefit is behind these new restrictions, yeah. which, of course, we know there is no benefit. So um, if a law doesn't bring any benefit and it presents a burden, mm-hmm. then it's unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, there there is no benefit to a waiting period. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I've seen already that I think it was Mississippi, Mississippi and Alabama were, like, trying to go to the Supreme Court over some abortion laws in their states, and the Supreme Court said that they're not going to right. see them. So, basically, they lose. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, you know, it, it was a variety of victories. I think the state of Washington had something similar mm-hmm. where they were trying to, um, oh, I can't remember now. <laughs> About the, with the pharmacist? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pharmacy yeah, so they were. Yeah, they, there was a pharmacist there who wants, like, religious exemption from prescribing or having to carry certain right. birth control and other medication. And, of course, saying they're not going to see it, so they have to. Yeah. And I'm like, that's. I don't understand how that is. You you're running a business. You wanted to open a business. You're serving the public. Why is what you know you prescribe them that's a needed thing that's a demand for it? I I mean I understand. I'm not saying that they they don't feel strongly about it, but I just still can't understand how you know that's that's affecting your personal faith. Like I don't understand how. You know, and another thing, you know, is a lot of um, uh, clerks. Uh, there was another case about clerks uh, trying to go there to say that they would be able to refuse to give, you know, same-sex marriage license based on religious exemption. The court also said that they're not going to hear that case, so they lose. Right. And again, it's like you chose that as a profession. That's your job. Right. I don't understand how you can say that that somehow you giving that license, you're personally like. It's, I, don't, I don't understand. Well, I, they're, they're making up their religion as they go along, and that's part of the problem. Yes. You know, so, uh, so yeah, this, this decision was really terrific. Um, and like you said, that the other cases that they could have taken on that they rejected also mm-hmm. spoke to, you know, they're not interested in hearing, you know, 
hearing anyone try and justify restrictions yeah. that clearly have no justification. Exactly. Um, so this gave some really nice clar- uh, clarity to the previous case, Planned Parenthood mm-hmm. versus Casey, um, which basically said that you couldn't restrict abortion before a point of viability. Mm-hmm. Um, not that we agree with that ruling, but, yeah. you know, it's it's kind of what is... Uh, for the past, you know, a few decades sort of been the bar that you have to meet. Yeah. Uh, and they really sort of made that point clear. Um, so this will definitely, uh, create a path for, for better outcomes. Um, so so maybe it'll stop some people from trying to keep putting forth different, um, restrictions, but we'll see. Yeah. I'm hoping it'll, um, sort of make most of the abortion restrictions we've been seeing in Ohio more akin to the heartbeat bill, which was considered too extreme and too unconstitutional and not able to be touched by even some of our most like right thinking political figureheads because it was just going to be too much of a burden for them to carry on. So I'm hoping that that's kind of the effect it'll have. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, Ohio didn't pass the heartbeat bill, not because, you know, not because our, our, you know, state legislative leadership loves abortion. It's it's because yeah. they didn't want to have to pay for a court battle just like this one that Texas mm-hmm. went through. Yes. Uh, or for a six-week ban like the heartbeat bill that, that North Dakota took all the way yeah. up to the Supreme Court and lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because, you know, the high court refused to hear that and let a lower court ruling of, you know, hey, this is blatantly unconstitutional. So, yeah, um, yeah this this really shows that... If Ohio wants to foot the bill for this stuff, they're going to have to pay to take it all the way up and still mm-hmm. lose. So right, but we have—I mean, we have seen that they're still willing to do that on certain right. things. Right. Well, you know, now that Kasich's no longer running for president, maybe. <laughs> although I'm, I'm sure that he hopes mm-hmm. the RNC will fall apart in some way <laughs> that he'll be able to step in. He come and save the day. I think he's sitting back. Like Paul quietly, Ryan hopes just, that too. Oh yeah, you know this. <laughs> And they've well, been talking they about opening it up. <laughs> Sorry, I just tried. <laughs> they better rush in and save the day now because what they're doing right now, which, I mean, Kasich, his time is over. He ran, he lost. Maybe he will run again, maybe he won't. He probably won't win. Paul Ryan, I know for a fact that he probably wants to run, you know, um, in another four years. But you've already damaged yourself because you've tied yourself to Donald Trump, who is terrible. Right. And why you did that, I don't know. So some people say he has to, but he didn't have to. Right. Just because he's a Speaker of the House, you don't have to then endorse someone who's obviously, you know, has a lot of issues. I mean, yeah, Paul Ryan's in a tough spot. Um, but, you know. I understand, you know, normally that's what you would do in politics. You fall in line, especially with your leader. Yeah. But for someone so just... Rep- as I'm gonna say, repulsive as Donald Trump, but honestly, that's how I feel about him. But yeah, he's um, repulsive. <laughs> so I mean, I just don't. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe you felt like again, he felt like he had to do that. I don't think he had to do that, but the fact that he did do that, he had you've to do tainted something. yourself. You've dairy tainted yourself, and you lost all respect. Yeah, because you can't sit around. You can't say out of both sides of your mouth again. I'm gonna endorse this person. He's also racist. Like that didn't even make any sense. I'm just hanging out while the world falls apart around me. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I feel like that is what's happening. You Clevelanders. Yeah, we feel pretty good about everything right now. (laughs) 
Exactly. Yeah. It's really, really crazy. Um, yeah, that I reminds mean, me of we didn't put on here about what happened yesterday in Turkey. That was crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw my friend was marked safe abroad, and that was That's a, good. So I had to look it up and... Yeah. yeah. So we definitely don't need someone like Donald Trump who keeps feeding into helping. I think he, he does a good job helping them with their propaganda, and obviously they're doing a good job with it right now because they've just ramped up everything, like, more and more, so... Right. Um, yeah, yeah, I am worried about Cleveland. Yeah. But I will yeah. be leading the public in safety trainings before we go and do anything. Right. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, the city of Cleveland just uh, this afternoon released the new protest parade route uh, that kind of goes from the the west side and down and around. So we're having a protest uh, parade. Yes, the the official protest yes. parade, which you know, I mean. I'm they want to keep cute. people moving rather than keep them standing in one place. Yes. You know, you you mentioned you mentioned Turkey and that you know there was horrible violence there uh, just yesterday, but also recently there were these neo-Nazi fights I in Oakland. Yes. And I'm yeah. like, I I don't know that I want to be in a parade route if it's going to be lined with neo-Nazis. That's no. why you're on the B team. Yeah. Both, all the, the whole Columbus office is on the B team. I'm the A team. Y'all are I the B team. I don't know if that means I don't it, have to The B team the picks up the A team from jail. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm totally down with that. Yeah, yeah. the, the yes. A team is uh, you puppeteers who are going to be marching in the parade, and then us B team people will be yes. like on call for when we have to get Annie from jail or, or the hospital. It's happening. It's yes. probably going to happen. <sighs> yeah, I, I, agree I don't know with about that this because I, I mean, um, no, we were just talking about this earlier, and I was talking to my friend about it yesterday after what happened in Instable. You know, we we're watching it, and uh, I, was, I mentioned the RNC. You're going to need a helmet. I was seriously looking yeah. at gas masks online yesterday. I, I mean, it's it's not crazy to think about <laughs> I was just because. At tasers. I mean, the <laughs> RNC could be a huge target. There's going to be obviously people there who are angry on both sides, and I just you know, hopefully everything will go okay. But it does make me. I mean, it does make me seriously extremely nervous. Yeah. To be there, honestly. Yeah. The city now has a $50 million insurance policy, and they've cordoned off areas on Lake Erie where boats can go. Like, they're worried about boat attacks. I mean, yeah. Okay. This, I mean, fair. I guess that's not that crazy. I don't know. Yeah, it's... Like cannons and stuff? I, are from <laughs> Canadians? You know what? Any other year, but <laughs> but 2016 is like it's a year unlike year. any other. It's a crazy so, year. Cannons on boats, you know what? I... I would not be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked about anything yeah. at this point, to be honest. Uh, yeah. I mean, Donald Trump, I feel like, yes, you know, we, we're already dealing with ISIS, um, but I feel just like everything that's happened between him and the Brexit and everything is just like ramped up, um, yeah. really negative feelings towards everyone I've seen in Britain since they voted on the Brexit. It's just been like um, the attacks against like immigrants and people. Uh, 
right. who don't look uh, stereotypically British right. um, have been getting like attacked and harassed. I think they're like on a pole in a Polish neighborhood. Even like Polish they wrote on all their doors, Poles need to go home. Like right. what? Like well, no. Well, my Whatever. my old. Polish cousins would would make it clear that violence against the Polish people has been it's going on for old, decades, and it's been done <laughs> yeah. already, guys. So can we like? Yeah. Yeah. True. We had the original democracy. Well, I mean, you know, uh, Cleveland is uh, a very diverse city, mm-hmm. and. It it also have, I mean, you know, you've got some very, uh, you know, strong and outspoken pockets of, you know, really yeah. sort of old communities that represent a lot of different ethnicities. Yeah. Um, you know, you have a big Arabic population over on the west side. You've, um, you know, you've got a massive Jewish population yes. over on the east side. Yeah. You know, you've got a lot of black folks living downtown mm-hmm. and all of these... Uh, divisions also have these sort of old, you know, European, you know, like the the Slavic neighborhood, the yeah. Italian village, you know. So, you know, to have to have the threat of neo Nazis from Oakland and you know every racist asshole in between mm-hmm. heading towards the city to try and make trouble. I was shopping for gas masks yesterday. Pick me up one. Yeah, I know. And I'm like, is that Pick up budget? your 18. Kelly. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, yeah. it's a little terrifying. Um, yeah, so I'm we'll going to make my uh, little Lady Liberty headpiece for my stilt costume, kind of like a helmet. <laughs> you know what? That's not a bad idea. No, it's uh, not. Lady Liberty with an with a army helmet. So Yeah. Um, so speaking of parades, uh, better parades, fun parades in different cities, uh, Hillary Clinton, uh, she was in a pride parade this weekend. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which is, uh, of note. And we wanted to mention it briefly because it is the first time a presidential nominee has ever appeared in a pride parade during their campaign. Yay. So, um, and it was in New York city and apparently Hillary was also the first, first lady to ever march in a pride parade. Um, which I'm not sure might have also been New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, I would imagine. But, you know, that that was really cool because uh, they had the parade. She was in it, uh, mm-hmm. which I guess was just a logistical nightmare to get her <laughs> uh, in the parade for even a couple blocks. Yeah. Um, well, I'm sure New York Pride is already just a logistical nightmare in I, itself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just parking for Columbus's Pride Parade was, was tough enough. I can't imagine Manhattan. No, no, At no. least nobody there drives, you know. Yeah, I, true. I'm sure everybody just takes the subway, but... I mean, what else are you going to do? Um, and the president designated uh, the Stonewall, Stonewall uh, mm-hmm. as an official, right. um, you know, national monument uh, or, or whatever it is. Yeah, so it's like, uh, the is it the first LGBT yes. national monument? Okay, cool. And so, and like the southern end and the surrounding area are now like a national monument with actual tour guides and brochures and. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, no, No, it's it's like an official thing. Yeah, yeah, I think like there's. That's cool. I think there's park rangers or something that hang out there and. and Okay. We've assimilated now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think it's cool. Yeah, recognition is nice. Yes. So Hillary did that, and then she was in Cincinnati on Monday. Yeah, so uh, we went down to Cincinnati. Um, there was a lot of people there. Um, we did not go in, unfortunately. We were outside because um, we had to leave and go get petitions because 
I was not thinking. (laughs) But anyway, yes. So it was a really great crowd. Um, The train station was lovely. And she was there with Elizabeth Warren. They were both very excited. Um, So now there's a lot of speculation about whether or not Elizabeth Warren's going to be her VP. And people are like, oh, can you do an all-female ticket? I'm like, I mean... An all same gender ticket. I know it's a crazy idea, right? But I mean, when they swear you in, you put your (laughs) hand on the Bible, not your penis. So you know. (laughs) I love when again, again, um, big ups to the notorious RBG on when she was asked how many uh, women should be on the Supreme Court to make it equal, and she said nine. Right. I'm like, yeah. When it's been, you know, an, an unfair deviation. For since the beginning, then right. I don't think an all-female ticket is that crazy. I mean, really, it's, it's just a mathematical statement. You yeah. Know, to balance it out, yeah. it would take nine for quite some time. <laughs> just saying, um, people. Yeah, but Hillary, Hillary was Elizabeth Warren. So, like I said, uh, I was watching um, Maddow on Monday night, and she was talking about uh, the Supreme Court case. But mm-hmm. the lead story was... Uh, Hillary and Elizabeth Warren together in Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, and so uh, Rachel Maddow was talking about the idea of what if there was a ticket? Um, and she even said, uh, you know, and, and this is really how I feel, that putting the two of them up on stage was an amazing thing, and mm-hmm. it really electrified the party. I mean, I don't know about the conversations you were having down in Cincinnati, but mm-hmm. when I was at ComFest up in Columbus talking to people about it, I mean, they yeah. are excited about the idea of Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. And I don't hear anybody else talking about a vice presidential uh, nominee with the same sort of energy. Um, and so Matt, I was saying that, you know, it's if this is a setup <laughs> to make everybody think about this and Warren isn't the pick, it's going to be a bit of a letdown. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, that would be a bad move at this point, maybe. Well, Hillary has said she's totally open to that, like, so... We'll see. I don't know. I really don't know, you know, if she would actually still go that way. But, you know. Well, I hope so. I mean, you know, I I think there are other VP choices. For sure, um, yeah. That, you know, that would also be good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but, yeah, you know, Warren, that would just really, I think, turn people on and really boost turnout of the Democratic base. I think so. So. I like her. Yeah, me too. Uh, are you going to sing? <laughs> Let's get it on. <laughs> okay. We're talking about uh. Kelly. Oh, go back and listen to Kelly on WOSU. That was All Sides mm-hmm. with... Ann Fisher. Ann Fisher. Okay. Yes. Go back and listen to Kelly on All Sides with Ann Fisher. She was on there this week. And also, uh, Jamie Miracle was on PBS... Um, will be on PBS on Sunday. Okay, will be on she, PBS. She filmed it on Tuesday. Okay. But what it airs on PBS? Sunday, I think noon on most stations. Uh, it's the state of Ohio with Karen Kassler. Um, you can also find uh, that uh, online on Ideastream. Nice. Um, Cool. Yeah. Go bosses. So <laughs> both of them uh, appeared opposite Ohio Right to Life's Mike Gonadakis. Mm. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, I decided to name my abortion after him. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. But I used his nickname that we have for him. 
So that's NPR and PBS. We've got all yes. the liberal bases covered. Exactly. So uh, go back and listen. Yes. And then, Annie, you want to talk about the play? Speaking of media, so um, for those of us who are from the Ohio area that is northeast uh, and in uh, the general Cleveland or perhaps Akron area, tomorrow night uh, we have a now discounted uh, showing of the um, abortion stories from the one in three campaign that has been made into a dramatized play, which is called Remarkably Normal. Um, it is written by Jesse Blue Gormenzo, and it is a story of three different women's um, abortions and uh, lives uh, surrounding those experiences. Um, it'll be a short show, and we will have um, tickets available for $5. Um, if you want to order online, you can visit www.brownpapertickets.com slash event slash 2538412. So we'll have that link available. Um, and then uh, because it is now discounted, we don't have to uh, enter in a code or anything. But um, what's interesting is that this money from the show, will the proceeds will go to Narrow Pro-Choice Ohio. Um and we are doing a uh, panel of our partners afterwards to discuss um, the national and lo local landscape of abortion. Um, our partners include New Voices Cleveland, and Jasmine Burnett will be representing New Voices Cleveland. She's the field director or director of community organizing. Um, we'll also have Samara Knox, who is wonderful. She is um, the director of counseling services at preterm, and she is a wonderful, compassionate uh, human being and a very good speaker and you can see her face on all our My Abortion My Life billboards that we have around the Cleveland area now um, and then there's also Allie Leahy from Urge who is an organizer based out of Toledo and does some organizing in Columbus as well and she and I have been working on the Keep Abortion Safe and Legal in Toledo campaign together so um, this will be tomorrow night Thursday June 30th 7pm it'll be at the Dobama Theater which is in Cleveland Heights on Lee Road 2340 Lee Road um, which is in the uh, Heights Public Library um, and they have an art gallery and then the, the theater space as well. Um, Dobama is wonderful at supporting local artists and local theater works. And I've been going there for a long time to see all kinds of shows. So um, it should be a great show. Again, tickets are only $5. You can order them online. Um, or I think day of. Sure. Yeah, probably. You can get the, you can get them day of. Um, just come a little bit before 7 p.m. tomorrow, the 30th, at the Dobama Theater. Okay. Uh, and then also in the show notes, there's a link to buy uh, tickets. You can still get the VIP early admission to Slurricane Trump, uh, our event with Lady Parts Justice, uh, the night of Donald Trump's big speech in <laughs> Cleveland. If you don't want to be wearing a gas mask standing in downtown, uh, you can come to the Bohemian National Hall with us. I hope I won't be in jail. <laughs> no, you won't either. Me too. I'm not leaving our event to come said. bail you out. Um, but yeah, this will be wow for you. Wow, this will be in a nice, safe theater, uh, a, a nice, comfortable distance away from Quick and Lone's Arena. That's what we need. Um, with Liz Winstead, uh, John Fugelsang, and Frank Conniff of Mystery Science Three Thousand. Um, so tickets are in the show notes. Uh, buy the VIP tickets because that gets you in early for the cocktail reception. Cool. Okie doke. We'll see everybody next week. Bye. Ooh, bye. bye.